For the rest of his life, he's going to be walking around with this limp. And so he was a strong guy and, and he was known as a strong guy. Yeah. Um, but now, from now on, every time he walked into a room, he'd walk in with this very evident physical weakness. Yeah. And so he's carrying this moment of, of breaking with him for the rest of his life. It's this, uh, it's probably the most, you know, humiliating thing about him right. is now going to be a part of his story forever. Hey everyone, and welcome to The Bible Distilled. My name is Ben Davey. I am one of the pastors at Life Church of Charlotte, and I am here with Caleb Sprinkle. Yep. Who's also a pastor at Life Church of Charlotte. Found a new roaster today right down the street. Oh, Want to talk about it? Yeah. So, well, when I was at Common Market, um, I saw this roaster called Jag's Head. I'm like, I've never heard of this place before. Yeah. And they're on Clanton Road. Um, they are not a coffee shop. And I <laughs> thought that they were. And the guy came out. He's like, hey, we're, we're not a shop. I'm like, that's okay. I just want to buy beans. Um, and they're great, man. They got So the general manager, his name is Andreas, mm. and took me back to where the magic happened. And it was cool just to see behind the scenes. But um, they're really good. You should give them a try. You can online – or I'm sorry, you can buy their stuff online. But again – it's not a shop. So, yeah. well, that's awesome. It's literally right down the street from us too. So it is. So cool. I'm excited to dig into that, but, um, transition, let's dig in. Yeah. To so, uh, <laughs> wrestling match is kind of the main thing we're going to do like pre wrestling match, wrestling match, and then post wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> so it really is all this. kind of centered around Genesis 22 through 32. Um, this wrestling match that Jacob has with God, but, a few notes before that. So the text that we'll be covering today is chapters 32 and 33. Uh, if you want to pause and then read that, come back. Um, but what we have seen here, so Jacob is now entering into like enemy territory. Um, and he knows this, like he feels it. He's terrified. Yeah. And so like you can see like when he's sending these like gifts ahead of him, um, he's like, okay, maybe this will like pacify Esau in some sense. Um, so he's still like, he's still very much like operating as like, let me save myself. Let me mm -hmm. see if I can like do something on my own power. Mm -hmm. Um, when time and time again, God has said, I'm going to like bless you. I'm going to like care for you. Um, but we still don't really see that Jacob has like embodied that he's still manipulating the situation mm -hmm. or at least he's trying the to. best he can. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, he's softening his entrance. He's like spreading out his camp. So if one gets attacked, which is awful, <laughs> but if <laughs> one gets attacked then the other one's fine. Yeah. Um, but we just see like, if anything, like with Abraham, Sarah and Isaac, we saw if there was one word, it was laughter, mm -hmm. right? This is what Isaac's name meant. Mm -hmm. And with Jacob, it's wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it started out like right out of the womb. He's wrestling with his brother. Um, they grow up and then he's fighting against him for who's going to have the power in mm -hmm. the family. Who's going to get the blessing? His wives are wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, so Leah and Rachel, there's just this like really sad story, um, with them. And even his kid, one of his kids is, uh, named Naphtali, which Rachel said, I have, I've had a great struggle with my sister. I have won. 
Um, and it's just like this really sad, like almost Genesis three reminiscent where Mm -hmm. it's like this chosen one, Jacob, who was supposed to be from the seed of the woman who, where they would partner together. They had this mandate by God to go and spread the goodness of God and to work together. That's what humanity was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Right. But they end up actually acting like the seed of the beast. Mm. So Satan, he essentially wanted to usurp God to be God. And Mm. this is what Jacob, he's a usurper. He's a deceiver. Um, and he gets deceived by deceivers. So this is just his life is wrestling. And it's always wrestling for himself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're leading up to the ultimate wrestling match in his life, Mm -hmm. but basically up until this point, everything that he's fought for and, strive for is his own kingdom and like you just said that's that's the mark of the the seed of the beast and that's not that's not flourishing that's not what right. humanity is supposed to be it's supposed to be this condescension and this like self-sacrifice rather mm-hmm. than this like exaltation of self which and you can see him not flourishing in yeah. verses 1 through 21 yeah. i mean he's panicking he's just racked with anxiety mm-hmm. and and fear. Um, that's not flourishing. No, yeah. not at all. And so then we're left with um, right when he, so he crosses the Jordan. We'll come back to that note here in a second, but he crosses the Jordan. He's about to enter into the land and confront his brother. But before then we are, left with this confrontation with this very strange man. <laughs> and, <laughs> the mystery man. Yeah, the, the mystery man, um, this like weird wrestling match. And I, I do want to like just say sometimes when we go through these stories, like we're so like, I don't know, it's almost like this lullaby effect where like we've gone through them so much, but like yeah. I want us to like come at this almost with fresh eyes. If you're, if you're a listener, um, and like when we expose some things, like there's so much more happening here. Mm. Um, but let's dig into it. So Genesis 32, starting with verse, um, 22, Ben, what are some things that, um, if you wanted to give some observations of, of this, like what are some really important things we need to grab a hold of with this story? Yeah, it's, uh, I think we got to start with who this man is, uh, because then we're able to understand more of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hosea actually comments and gives us some like biblical commentary of this story and um, calls this man the Lord. And um, throughout the Old Testament, anytime, or it calls him the angel of the Lord. Uh, anytime throughout the Old Testament, when you see the angel of the Lord appear, it's actually a Christophany. It's it's God taking on the form of a man and revealing it's a pretty himself. bold claim there, Ben. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I I mean I would agree with you, but a lot of people don't agree with that assessment. That is, uh, well, they're wrong clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, with that being said. Uh, Hosea actually signifies that this is the Lord himself, Hmm. that God himself is wrestling with Jacob, that this mystery man is divine. Hmm. And so what we're seeing now is is a wrestling match between Jacob and God. And so then that leads to all these questions. Why is God wrestling with Jacob? And then what are we supposed to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And, And so there are a lot of things, and this has been taken to mean a lot of different things, like 
and I've even taken it to mean different things that were probably wrong, um, just mm. because of my own understanding. Maybe it just wasn't correct in some ways. And a lot of times people talk about this as if um, this is how we wrestle with God in prayer. Uh, yeah. um, you know, if we really want a blessing, if we really want something, well, we just need to wrestle with God until He gives it to us. Hmm. Um, one of the things though, that's so significant about this specific wrestling match is that Jacob does not seek out God. Yeah, um, Jacob is... He's still fighting for his own kingdom. He's still trying to manipulate the situation. He's trying to control everything. He's anxious. He's scared. Uh, and all of this kind of stuff. And he is not seeking God. Yeah. God is the one who seeks him. And... And it's it's very reminiscent of what happens in basically every conversion story, hmm. every transformation, every breaking story. Like people are not seeking God, but God seeks them. And so God is coming to Jacob mm-hmm. in in the midst of his sin, in the midst of all of his manipulating and controlling and deceiving and fighting and wrestling. And then he wrestles with Jacob. Hmm. And so what's going on here is really God is is essentially going to break Jacob and he's going to wrestle him into the ground until the wrestler gets overtaken. Hmm. Um, mm, and so I think that's that that's a really uh, uh, interesting way of looking at it. Mm. Um, and then going from there, there's all kinds of observations. So, you know, what what stands out to you? Yeah, well, so this kind of, this, this story is almost like a summary, if anything, of Jacob's life. Mm-hmm. Like his whole life has been... Like if this is like the climax or the turning point um, for him where he, um, I mean, he, yeah, we, we'd said he'd wrestle with his brother and all this stuff. And then like Laban steals like 20 years from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like we just see time and time again, like you said, there is just this like unwillingness, I guess, of Jacob to like actually live into the blessing that God wants to give him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. he wants to give him this. Yeah. And so God has to like, in a sense, come down on Jacob's level and talk a language that he would understand. Mm. Um, and to me, like, I just see like God commits himself even more to Jacob. Mm. Like he, yeah. I mean, Jacob was a was a jerk. I mean, I have very much said how he's like the worst character. Least um, favorite. I mean, he just, he's like represents the worst in humanity, but, um, God does not like leave him, mm-hmm. you know, he, he could have absolutely just taken him out. And I, I think we see some of that too, where it like, it's like the, it says the man did not overpower him. Well, did he like lose? Yeah. Like, Um, but then it, but I don't, I don't think that that's what the narrator is saying. Like God is willingly like going through the stubbornness of Jacob to like work with his chosen one Mm. and to show him that like, I am committed to bringing about my purposes in the world, even through a guy like you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so he's like in that breaking process, he's patient, he's, um, even gentle, to the point where like he could have crushed him could easily, but he doesn't, he, it's like when I wrestle with Nicholas, my son's name yeah. is Nicholas. For those of you who don't know, like I let Nicholas think he's like the strongest guy, you know, <laughs> and I let him land punches and, you know, and I, and I'm like literally holding back mm-hmm. 99.9% of what I could do. Um, and you kind of get that, the idea that that's what, what the Lord is doing here with Jacob. Um, He's, he's holding back everything. But Jacob, 
he doesn't relent. He's stubborn. Mm-hmm. He's fighting. And, um, and so as, as the Lord's wrestling with him, he's, he's asking him questions and he's like, which is also kind of a funny picture because wrestling is like, you're, you're all in, you're engaged. It's hot, it's sweaty, you're yeah. exhausted. And then the Lord's just like, you know, casually asking questions. What's your name? You know, what, what, Hey, what's your name? Um, as we, as we wrestle here, what's your name? And, and that's really significant because this is the beginning of the breaking process because he knows his name. Sure. But what he's doing is he wants Jacob to own who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time somebody asked Jacob his name, he lied and he said he was Esau and he, he mm-hmm. put on this disguise, he put on a mask and um, essentially was trying to to be someone he wasn't. And I think the first step in this, this um, breaking process is he has to own that he is Jacob. Right. He's the deceiver. He's the schemer. Yeah. He's the manipulator. And, and yeah, that's good. And so the Lord is getting him to basically own, Hey, just tell me who you are. Right. Where that's a good starting point. Be honest with me. Yeah. And that's, that really is kind of the, the process, like with the paradigm of how we think of like justification, um, in the, in the new Testament is there is this like confession, repentance. Mm -hmm. Um, it's this owning of, man, there's nothing good in me that deserved, um, God's mercy. Um, and for Jacob, that is his reality of like, this has been my whole life. Um, which is why I would say this is a turning point. Like even Mm -hmm. in the midst of his stubbornness, like he does call out, um, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. He does. He says like, I think he recognizes probably for the first time, like I'm face to face sort of, I mean, it's he couldn't see his face, um, cause it's dark, but I'm like face to face with the one who wants to give me the bless, like this blessing. Like yeah. I, I am a, I am this chosen one. And, um, yeah, he, he has to first confess and, and admit that, man, everything that he has been doing has been purely for Jacob. Yeah. He hasn't lived up to the calling. That's right. Yeah. And that's why I think it's significant that he changes his name mm-hmm. because it, he goes from this like deceptive mark of the beast type identity mm-hmm. to this change of this is where the Israelites come from is this moment right mm-hmm. here. Israel, your mm-hmm. name is Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have over- overcome. So it's this new identity of like, um, you are striving, uh, with me. I'm not giving up on you, but mm-hmm. this is not about you anymore. This mm-hmm. is about me. <laughs> this yeah. is about God. Um, yeah. and so we see that, like we see, um, that God then gives him this name. And, and that's why I would say this is so much bigger than just, um, a story about Jacob, like this is going to set up for us really what God and Israel, the relationship between the two of them. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I was about to, to say. And I didn't mean to almost cut you off. No, um, so I apologize. We're for in that. tune. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, my mind was going right there and I didn't realize yours was too. Yeah. Pick it up. Um, yeah. That, the, the word striving or, um, you know, it, it's very ambiguous and it's intentionally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, it could mean uh, that that Jacob is striving with God. It could also mean that God is striving for Israel. Hmm. And 
Um, and I think it's intentionally ambiguous there because for the rest of the Old Testament, that's what we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see both of those things. Yeah. Israel striving with God and God always striving for his people. Yeah. And I, so this is a, this is a cool note. I don't know if you, um, had said this, so I apologize if you did, but God didn't give him his name. Oh no. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. So like he asked for it and God's like, no. Um, and I, th- I think, I think probably two things that I see there really that's happening. One is just that like God didn't have to give him his name. Mm-hmm. Like, because back then, like when you declare names, like there's so much significance to it. Like he's, he's basically saying like, you don't have power over me, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Like this is about you being transformed. Not like we're not the same. Yeah. Right. But later we see in the Exodus account, like in six, uh, chapter six, verse three, it talks about how the Lord said, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty, but my name, my name that would be known forever as Yahweh, I did not make myself fully known to them. Mm. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting there that like he, um, he's like holding off on a sense of like really revealing who he is because later, again, we have to remember Genesis is written to a people that were rescued by God. Mm. The same people that's called Israel, they are saved. And this is what's, we've been following this kind of theme of like deliverance. And like, I think it's interesting even that like, it talks about how he went through like the Jordan first before he gets this wrestling match Mm. of like, that's what happens with Israel later. They're delivered through this chaotic waters on the other side. They're given this new identity. Mm -hmm. They're given this like name, like you are now, you're my people. And this is like, I didn't rescue you so that you could be autonomous. Mm -hmm. I rescued you from my great namesake. You are now my priests. You are Mm -hmm. now my representatives. And same with Jacob, like Jacob, you are this chosen one and you are going to represent me, Mm -hmm. not you. You're going to represent me. Um, and this is like, this is really what was the identity of Israel from the beginning. Yeah, and the way he he finally gets there, he finally gets him to it as he touches his hip mm-hmm. and and puts it out of socket, out of joint. And we don't know if that was just a light touch or if it was a like a, a smack. hard smack. <laughs> I mean, but either way, uh, Israel is going to be limping for the rest of his life. Mm. Um, and and this is so profound as we were talking about earlier. And we talk about this a lot. Yeah. But it's really hard to get. So we need to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Is that for the rest of his life, he's going to be walking around with this limp. And so he was a strong guy and, and he was known as a strong guy. Yeah. Um, but now, from now on, every time he walked into a room, he'd walk in with this very evident physical weakness. Yeah. And so the first thing people would think when they saw him was, oh, he's not strong, he's weak, he, yeah. he is a limp. And so he's carrying this moment of, of breaking with him for the rest of his life. It's, this, uh, it's probably the most you know, humiliating thing about him right. is now going to be a part of his story forever. Yeah. And, and that's what God always does with mm-hmm. us. He, he always brings us down to the dirt. To, to show us that our weakness and to mm-hmm. show us our nothingness so that then he can raise us up to walk in his strength. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times we really struggle to, to um, tell people about whatever that was for us. You mm-hmm. know, the, yeah. the humiliation, the, the weakness that um, 
was exposed or that God had to save us from. Yeah. We, we try to keep it hidden. Mm. And, um, and yet what we need to do is, is actually show how God is, is glorified in that. And so for, for Jacob or for Israel, he has no option of hiding it. He just walks in a room and it's there. People are like, what happened? Oh, I wrestle with God. And yeah, he just like touched my hip and now I can't walk. Yeah. The wrestler wrestled and lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, we're talking about this before we got on, like, um, there definitely is like so much just shame. Um, mm. I would say in, in all of our lives of, of things that we've done that aren't, we're not proud of, but like it's that thing that God mm. almost exploits yeah. <laughs> the most. But yeah. again, like it's, it's for his purpose because I mean, I think of the story of the paralyzed man where Jesus didn't just tell him to get up and go. He mm. said, get up and take your what? Matt. Yeah. So this Matt represented that he was paralyzed. Yeah. So this guy had to walk around with this thing that caused him the most pain in his life. And he had to display that to say, God has rescued me from Mm -hmm. this. And so I just like, I mean, a pastoral just plea um, is that God wants to redeem that thing or those things um, for his namesake. Mm. Because when we come in with a posture of weakness, mm. that is what I think draws people to Christ. Yeah. Not this f- like fake of like strong, like whatever, mm. like not the, not the pastors with like the super expensive clothes that are just like, oh, I'm the best or like not mm. these Christians that are just like, nothing's wrong. Like own it, yeah. like admit and just be like, man, I am weak, but Christ is good. And mm-hmm. my hope is in him alone. Like that's, that's how, that's how we win a world for Jesus. Not by like mm. faking that. So yeah, I amen on that. Um, that's good. Okay. So that's the wrestling match. He's broken. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, um, God got what he wanted out of him. Yeah. Um, and then Jacob was blessed again, uh, which is just another beautiful irony of, yeah. Uh, not even irony. It's just an, another picture of God's grace in this, that he blesses him again. Well, again, he wants to, he wanted to give him this blessing, mm. right? Like God wanted him to have that and to get it. But I think what it's a significant difference between humanity striving for the good life. Mm. Right. And then mm. God saying, I want to give you that. It's just not found in those things. It's found in me. Yeah. Right. And it's the same with Jacob. Like you're striving for this blessing, I have the blessing. I want to give it to you, but it's, it's my way, Jacob. And so there is a transformation here. Absolutely. I would definitely say that. And like, we see that with, um, this next chapter, um, Mm. where Jacob meets this estranged brother Mm. again of Esau. So for so long, like they've been alienated. Uh, I mean, for good measure, like, dude, Esau, in every sense of the word, should just be ticked. Oh, yeah. Like, he even says, like, he wanted to kill Jacob, like, a few chapters over. I mean, I can even relate with my twin. So, like, when we used to fight, um, if he would do something dirty or cheap... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like the rage I'd, I'd want to, I, and he'd run away. Like right. he'd do something really dirty and then he'd run away. Yeah. And, and 
good for him for running away. <laughs> so are he, you Esau in this relationship? <laughs> well, we, we it went both ways, I'm sure. But um, I can't even imagine if, if you know, after all that Jacob had done to Esau, oh he better gosh, run away. Man. Yeah. So now it's been how many years? A couple decades. Yeah. Well, Je- yeah, he was with Laban for twenty, and it's not it's not that clear what the time is from when he left Laban to here. Um, but it, it it was probably twenty twenty five years at least. Yeah. Um, where he cheated Esau out of everything. Everything. Yeah. And so I mean. His response, though, Esau's response Mm. is so weird. (laughs) Like, it's so, I guess, just uncharacteristic. And and that's what I just love about reading kind of these stories of forgiveness, because the world just doesn't have a framework for that at all. Like, um, Like, Esau, in every sense of the word, should have, like, um, been exonerated in, in some sense. Well, he should have sought retribution and right. revenge and he would have been justified in that. Yeah. And, and what's interesting though is he does like they, they reconcile and Jacob is like offering those things to him and Esau doesn't want it. Yeah. Right. So it's like there, there is something that is really fascinating too is because Esau is not an insider here. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a part of now this like chosen lineage. Yeah. Like Jacob is. And so it's like Esau is acting more righteous almost mm-hmm. <laughs> than than Jacob is. Um, but this isn't like this kind of happens a lot hmm. in the Bible. And so I kind of want I just want to press on that a little bit before um, we finish up this story. Um, if anything, it's just a challenge mm-hmm. for just existing believers um, where we've seen it already when Abraham brought Sarah down to Egypt and Pharaoh was like, this was wrong what you did. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and then it happened again with Abimelech and Isaac, same thing. It happened with Abimelech, um, Hagar, who was this like Egyptian slave outsider confesses that God, who God is. Right. Mm-hmm. We see later with like Rahab, Rahab is going to be like acting like very, like, righteously to, to like save these, like uh, these, uh, Hebrew spies. And so like, we're just kind of left with this question, like, and, and this is just, man, I don't know. Like, I, I just want to, <laughs> like, I've seen so much, I guess over the past few weeks, just on Twitter, mm. uh, that's just been like breaking my heart of like, um, there, that's not that far removed from us today where it almost seems like people that don't have a framework of God completely would confess that there is no God. Mm-hmm. Right. Or almost like, it seems like their heart is more for people than like those that are supposed to be for people mm. like the, like Christians. Mm. And I'm like, man, we can we, do, we can poke holes absolutely in social justice and like mm. all of the like philosophies that dominate our world. But I will say this, most of those things, right. They're human made. And of course mm-hmm. they, they don't find their end in Jesus. And like, that's, that's where they fall short, but my gosh, at least there is some sort of like heartbeat for like the marginalized mm-hmm. and the oppressed and like the least of these. And I'm just like Christians, man, like we're so easy to first go to like how wrong all that stuff is mm-hmm. without completely seeing this log mm-hmm. in our own eye. Mm. completely like instead of like saying like, yeah, okay, those things are wrong. But like, why am I so angry about that? Mm. 
I think a bigger issue is because my heart doesn't beat for people. Mm. So I'm just like, I, I just want to like, if this is an exhortation of anything, like, man, we have to be the people that <laughs> like, we shouldn't be letting, like, I'm thankful that people are calling out for justice and, and all of these things. But like, why is the church not like leading out in that? Why are we not giving a better vision yeah. for this? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that, I mean, I see it in my own life. I think if we're all honest, we could say that it's a lot easier to expose bad philosophy mm-hmm. than it is to live out true philosophy. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite books of all time is is called Heretics uh, mm-hmm. by G.K. Chesterton. And um, basically in Heretics, all he does is he, he calls out the worldviews of his peers and makes fun of them in, in like a Chesterton way that is just funny and witty and brilliant. Yeah. And uh, and the critique that he got after he wrote that book was, hey, it's really easy to poke holes in other people's philosophy, but like you didn't say what you believe. So like what's your belief? Right. And so then he wrote um, Orthodoxy after that to basically answer the critics. Um, but I think I, I can totally see that like Chesterton you know, vibe of like, Oh, I can, I can look at all of the philosophies in our culture and, and the different worldviews and just rip it to shreds. And I can look at social justice and I can look at intersectionality and and I can look at all of these things and I can find the holes and the inconsistencies. But like you're saying, um, well, where's the desire to not just like poke holes in bad visions of justice, but to actually carry out justice to give a, to give a better vision. Yeah. It's harder to do that because because justice is messy. It mm-hmm. requires it's it's so costly, mm-hmm. and uh, that's absolutely right. And yeah. so, but that's that's true of literally everything. So yeah, in the Old Testament, we see outsiders constantly, over and over again, doing what the people of God were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and and that is a challenge for us, and so we should press in on that. And that's why Jesus was like more angry, I think, with the Pharisees. Yeah, because his whole thing was like, man, you're just fencing this much so much that you're making it harder for people that don't know God to come and, and know who He is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just like a really important principle there that I, I want us to get before we moved on with that. But well, to put it in a really concise way, vertical reconciliation mm-hmm. always leads to horizontal reconciliation. Yeah. So, you know, Jacob has been transformed. He's Israel now and he realizes, oh my goodness, I got this twin yeah. that like 25 years ago, I defrauded out of his entire inheritance. Mm-hmm. I need to make things right with him. Yeah. And... And, and thankfully, by the grace of God, that happens. And, yeah. and Esau is just as much to thank for that as, as Jacob is. Yeah. But the, that's true for us as well. Vertical reconciliation always leads to horizontal reconciliation. So like, who in your life do you need to reconcile with? Mm-hmm. If you've been transformed, if you are a new creation, then the old has passed away. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you make things right. Um, yeah. yeah. You pursue peace. So a closing note, I mean, really, really cool. You pointed this out. Yeah. Uh, who was there? Who <laughs> who was present during this reconciliation that yeah. is going to ultimately be the the uh, the shadow, the the uh, probably the best shadow of Christ as a reconciler? Well, I think it's I think it's significant that the author even writes it. So Genesis thirty three. Uh, verse two, he, um, it says, uh, Jacob sent out his servants, their children up front, Leah and her children next. And then it says Rachel and Joseph. 
So Joseph, um, he is going to be our next and last uh, patriarch that will, and he gets most of the airtime in Genesis because mm. he, he really is like, he has his faults. Like, don't get me wrong. Nobody is, is Jesus, but he gives us almost the greatest, I guess, example of Jesus um, because he's fully wronged, but he has seen his dad like walk into finally this Hmm. ministry of reconciliation. Hmm. So again, we talked about, I I said like Esau didn't want reparations, but but Jacob still wanted to give it. He's like, Hmm. I, I, this is literally the least I could do. Hmm. Like he is just weeping. Like he is, he probably looks like a mess. He's limping. Hmm. Um, and he's just expecting like the worst, but kind of like the prodigal son says Esau (laughs) runs out to Jacob. Hmm. Like the father ran after the son. Hmm. Um, and, and there's just this beautiful then picture of reconciliation that really sets up for us. Like this is this is I think what humanity was meant for Mm. is like living lives of, of love and compassion and care and condescension. Like there Mm. is this like humility that, that comes with this, that, um, God has given all Christians, Mm. right? Like we are ministers of, of reconciliation and like Jacob, he initially steals this blessing and then he's adamant to give this blessing Mm. to Esau. That's a major reversal Mm -hmm. um, where he's like, I have enough. I have enough. Please accept this. God Mm. has been gracious to me. And I think like, man, when we, when we realize that in our own lives of Mm -hmm. like, God is enough, like we're, we're like, then I will steward my time, my talent, my treasure, my everything for, for people. Mm. Um, and I guess as the closing, the closing note, um, is, is the connection to Christ here. Ephesians two, it says for Mm. he himself is our peace who has made these two groups. One destroyed the barrier, dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh, the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity Mm. out of the two, thus making peace. And the seed of reconciliation is like planted in Joseph. Now Mm. he's going to show that like it, like all of the wrong that was done to me, um, God is enough for me. And then Mm -hmm. I can extend that to others. And that, I mean, Christ is our great hope of, we have peace with God. Mm. Um, he's done all of the work necessary and it cost him everything. And then he's saying now act like these ministers of reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right, man. I can't wait to get into Joseph. I mean, it's one of my favorite stories in the old Testament and mm-hmm. like, like we've already alluded to, it's the best picture of Christ that we have. Yeah. Um, so and it's set up for it. He watched his dad. He's going to follow in his footsteps. God is enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can take everything else from me, but I got God and I'm good. That's right. Until we're, until we've reconciled like with people, like we, we're just, we're, we're almost walking hypocrites. Like, cause that, that's not what Christians are. Like we, we have been reconciled to God now reconcile yeah. with others. Um, so yeah, man. So, so good. And man, we have a hard story next week. So I just want to like delight, I guess, in the little bit of goodness, um, <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is this story. Um, mm. because next week is a, is a doozy, but 
Um, that's it for me. Do you have anything else? That's it for me too. Um, yeah, good times. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Bible Distilled. Hope it was helpful and encouraging. Get out your Bible, read it. There's so much gold in it. We barely even scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. Until next time, though, we'll uh, see you. See you.